Hi everyone, I'm Heidi Rogers and this is Tell the Others. I wanted to create a place for meaningful conversation, life lessons, and parenting hacks. Sometimes I chat to interesting people, sometimes I answer questions about parenting or life stuff, and sometimes I just rant. These episodes are filled with stories and insights that made me say, ugh, I just have to tell the others. So let's dive in to hear what we can learn today. A parent said to me, I think this whole labeling and diagnosing and assessing kids has gotten out of hand and it feels like everybody has something now and everybody's got, you know, some label or diagnosis. And he was sort of rolling his eyes about it. And like, I hear you because yeah, it does seem like a lot of people are having assessments and diagnoses and labels and everyone's got something sort of, but I don't think that's a bad thing. It can be for sure that people can uh, exploit it, make it be an excuse uh, for bad behavior um, or not bad behavior, but you know, unkind behavior. It's like, Oh, that's just my trauma, you know, or, Oh, it's my ADHD that makes me be rude or whatever. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I like, I get that concept that where people get annoyed with labels and stuff, but I don't feel like for the majority of the time that it is a bad thing to give someone a diagnosis and a label. I think the problem is that there is a lot of shame and a lot of stigma that comes with labels and diagnoses. And that's what a lot of parents don't want for their kid is they think if my kid is, you know, say the teacher suspects that the child has something going on and wants them to have an assessment. And this is like, I hear this all the time from parents and teachers that are resistant to assessments and they're going to be you know, shamed or they're going to be outcast or they're going to be um, treated differently or whatever. I don't want people to look at my kid differently. And my response to that is, but they are different right? There's something going on with your kid that is making a teacher, a coach, another parent, whatever, flag it in their head that there, yeah, might be something going on. And my, my concern, I guess, when you ignore that for the sake of, I don't want my kid to be labeled or treated differently is a lot of times what happens is your kid really suffers because they're not getting the intervention and the help that they need. And That's devastating because the brain is in critical periods of development from zero to 20, well, 25 really is when the brain sort of stops developing as much, but from zero to 10, especially the brain is doing so much growth and development and like lifelong stuff is happening, you know, like ways of being nervous system patterns, like that are going to be with a kid for the rest of their life. So doesn't it make sense when they're young to help give them the interventions and the tools if they're missing any of those tools that a neurotypical brain might have? To me, and this might be dramatic, but I feel like it's neglectful to not do an assessment for a kid just to see. Because let's say the assessment comes out and goes, hey, your kid has ASD, autism spectrum disorder, okay? Your kid has ASD and you're like, oh my God, my kid has autism. Oh, that's so bad. I can't tell anyone. I'm so embarrassed. I feel so ashamed. You know, you're saying my kid's broken. And my thought with that is like, A, you don't need to tell anyone with whatever diagnosis your kid gets. That's 
your business and yours alone. But where it's really helpful is telling teachers or telling other people who interact with your kid that this is an explanation for their behavior. Because why? A lot of times kids that have differently wired brains get labeled as bad. They get labeled as difficult. They get labeled as disruptive. And if a teacher can go up, so this kid was also diagnosed with ADHD or is on the spectrum, then they can hold that in mind when they're interacting with the child, one for compassion and like, doesn't everyone want people to treat their kid with more compassion? But two, it means that then they're eligible for more supports or extra time or an aid or other interventions that will help their brain learn the skills. So it's sort of like if you're climbing a ladder for the first time and you've never climbed a ladder before, you don't realize that you have to alternate hands and feet, right? As you climb up, if you just stand on a bar or you're holding onto a bar and your feet are on a rung and you go, I want to get to the next rung and you've never climbed a ladder before, the neurotypical brain goes, oh, I need to alternate. I need to stay with one foot on and use the other foot to go up to the next. And then with my hands, I do the same. I hold onto one, the other hand goes up to the next. But a neurodivergent brain, and this is just an analogy, this isn't like really a thing, but the neurodivergent brain stands there and goes, I don't know how to get up the ladder. I'm just sort of stuck here. And if a kid gets an assessment and a diagnosis of, say, ASD or ADHD or sensory processing disorder or executive function or global developmental delay, whatever, just some good old label, then when the kid is standing on the ladder, the teacher goes, oh, oh, I see the label on the back of your shirt that says uh, ADHD. That's why you can't go up the ladder. Here, sweetheart, let me show you. And then they will take their hand and put it on the rung above and take their foot and put it on the rung above and go, see, this is how it's done. If the kid doesn't have the label on the back of their shirt, the teacher doesn't know to do that. Does that make sense? It's like the label... Yeah, I hear you on the stigma and the shame and I don't want my kid to be treated differently. I hear you. Yes. But you're actually causing your kids so much more harm by not getting that label put on their back. Because if a teacher is responsible for 20, 25, 30 kids, they can't be looking at everybody standing on the ladder and going, hmm, how are your feet placed? How are your hands placed? It doesn't, they don't have capacity to do that. And also that's not their job. Their job is to teach. Their job is not to look for kids who are having trouble, uh, going up the ladder. If they have brought it to your attention that there is something going on with your kid, that's the best that they can do because of the limited capacity and the limited um, training and stuff as well with assessments. But teachers are excellent at going, something's different here. Something's going on. And your kid's having trouble climbing up the ladder. And I don't know what it's about, but something's going on. Listen to that. Because they like if they're a teacher, they're comparing your kid to 20, 25, 30 other kids in the room they're a pretty good gauge of where a kid at, at, you know, at that age and after COVID and blah, 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 they're pretty good at discerning if a kid is off in some way. Listen to that. Listen to that. Because the person who's going to suffer the most with your resistance to getting an assessment is your child. And that's the irony of the whole thing, right? So many parents are trying to protect their child from labels or being ostracized or being judged or shamed or treated differently. And it completely backfires. It, it has the opposite effect because the consequence as well, when you don't have a teacher who goes, Hey, let me show you how to put your hand up on the next rung and go up, you know, with your feet this way is the 
detriment, the impact to their self-esteem is massive because they stand there and all their little friends are standing on the ladder and their friends are going up rung by rung and they're standing there going, why can't I get my feet to go up? I don't know. How is everyone else doing this? And then what do they start to internalize and feel? That they're stupid, that they're dumb, that they're incompetent, that they're lazy, that they are slow, that all sorts of labels that they give themselves when they're little about how incompetent they are because they can't go up the ladder. Why can't they go up the ladder? I don't know. But the bottom line is there's something that's going on in their brain, neurologically, in their nervous system. There's something in their wiring that's different to the other kids. And that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. But there's something different that's going on. So honor, my kid is different. Don't try to ignore that and minimize and dismiss that. Because by you saying, I don't want my kid to be treated differently, you're, it's like you're, you're bringing the disadvantage even further to them. But they are different. If the teacher or a principal or a coach has pointed out something's going on here, that means they're different. And they should be treated differently. Because they're different. They need extra help. They need support. They need someone to go, oh, here's how you go up the ladder. Does that make sense? I, I, and I totally, as a parent myself, I totally get it. I'm not, and and I'm a parent of a neurodiverse kid. I totally get not wanting my kid to be made to feel different. But do you know what makes a kid feel way more different? Is when they're standing on the ladder and they're watching all their friends go up and they can't. And they don't know why. That makes them feel really different and outcast and ostracized and teased and weird and dumb and all the things. Whereas if they have a label on their back that says ADHD, ASD, executive function, sensory processing, whatever, then the teacher has slapped them literally and goes, oh, I need to help show this kid how to put their hands and how to put their feet. And then within 10 seconds, they're being shown what to do, and then they're not different. And that is what I think ultimately a parent who says to me, I don't want them to have an assessment. I don't want them to be treated differently. That's what I think they ultimately want is they don't want their kid to be teased. They don't want them to um, stand out. They don't want them to have trouble. And that is what assessments um, and a diagnosis and a label can help with is that not to happen. But without the assessment and without the diagnosis, that is exactly what's going to happen. Does that make sense? So I hear you. I, I appreciate it. I know it's confronting, especially with whatever your cultural or religious background can be. Labels uh, around mental health things can be very um, shameful and very contested and disputed amongst families. I totally get that. But please, 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 when I am saying to you the, um, the importance of an assessment is that you will actually help your kid more with the things that you're worried about it hurting them with. It actually will do more of a benefit and more of a service to them. Because when they're little, you have this really magical opportunity to help their brain build and learn how to climb a ladder when they're five or learn how to climb a ladder when they're eight is way easier than trying to figure that out when you're 15 or 20 or 30. So the, the importance of assessments and diagnoses, the younger they are, the better, because that means we can get in there and go, okay, here's how you hold a pencil. 
here's how you can organize yourself so you don't forget things all the time or don't lose stuff or Here's how you can learn your times tables in a way that will help your brain because everyone's brain is different. But when you deprive a child of a label and a diagnosis of understanding what their brain is doing or how their brain and their body work, you're putting them into this box of deficiency and stupid and lazy and I'm dumb and I'm bad is usually where they end up. So, yeah. And I think I'm also very passionate about this too, because I work with a lot of adults who say to me, I can't believe this was missed. I spent so much of my life feeling that I was different and, and weird and dumb or lazy or whatever. And I wish that my parents had had an assessment when I was a kid so that there would have been a label for it. So I could have gone, oh, I'm not lazy. It's actually ADHD. You know, I'm not, um, suck and stupid at making friends. It's my ASD. That makes, you know, reading facial expressions tricky for me. Um, here in my whole life, I just thought I was a loser and had no friends, you know. So labels and assessments can be so invaluable for children. Um, and again, you don't have to tell the world, but at least get them the intervention, at least get them the supports, at least get them um, a professional who's giving them the tools and the tips and the strategies and the techniques to make their life easier. Depriving them of that is really making their life harder. And there's only going to be shame and stigma about um, the diagnosis if you allow that to happen. If you, um, well, not allow that because society and culture, sure, it's going to do what it's going to do. But like if in your house it's something that is awesome and your brain is different and all our brains are different and this is how your brain works and this is how my brain works, if it's normalized and validated, it makes a kid feel normal rather than weird. So I hope that helps if you're in a, a spot of trying to decide about an assessment. Um, I know it's hard. I know it's hard and it's confronting. And uh, a lot of times I think getting an assessment is, is tricky for us because it's admitting something is different about my kid. And that's not ever a nice feeling as a parent. You know, we want our kids to pass all of the hearing and vision and you know, um, psych tests, we want our kids to just get glowing reports because that feels good and it is nice. And it's not a nice feeling when your kid, um, isn't sort of hitting all the milestones and doing all the things. It's not a nice feeling. It's not a nice feeling. And I think a lot of times as parents, we can blame ourselves and think that we did something wrong or something was deficient in the pregnancy or something has been, you know, we didn't <clears throat> read to them enough or we didn't, you know, do their alphabet enough or whatever. And it's like, no, it doesn't. It's Don't give yourself so much credit. There's a lot of stuff with the brain that it's like, that's just how it's wired, man. And every brain and nervous system is just wired so beautifully different. And the sooner you can give your child the gift of knowing that, that there's nothing wrong with you, your brain is just wired different. And the world is built for the neurotypical brain and you have this beautiful neurodiverse brain that just sees the world differently. And there's a lot of magic and beauty in that. And then there's also a lot of challenge and adversity that comes with that. But you know, what's so great is we figured out what your brain is called and your brain is called an ADHD brain or an ASD brain. And those brains like to do things like this, or those brains need extra help in doing this. And isn't that so great that we worked that out? I mean, if you think about like, if you went to the doctor with you know, a cough or a cold or a tummy ache or a chest pain or whatever, 
what do they have to do? They have to go through a diagnostic symptom processing experience with you to figure out what's going on. And then once they figure out what's going on, they go, oh, chest pains. Hmm, well, that could be this, or that could be that. Then they can give you the proper treatment and then you can suffer less, essentially. And that's, I guess, the goal of all of this, isn't it? Is to have our children suffer less. And so my passion about assessments and diagnoses and stuff is, hey, let's just rule stuff out and have more information so that this kid can suffer less. Because obviously, if the teacher or the coach or the whoever has pointed out, looks like your kid's suffering, it looks like your kid's having a hard time. Psychological stuff, mental stuff is no different than physical. Just like if a teacher said, oh, it looks like your kid's having a hard time seeing the board, you should go take them to get their eyes checked. You'd be like, sure, let's go get the kid classes, no problem. But if it's behavioral, emotional, psychological, some sort of not physical thing, we often get so scared by that or um, offended or, you know, feel like it's a criticism or something on us or criticism on our kid, but it's not. It's exactly the same of, hey, we see your kid is struggling and we don't want them to struggle. We want to help them thrive. And that is ultimately what I think assessments and stuff can do. So, um, I mean, for me, when I think about adults I've worked with and kids, the, the first word that comes to mind when I think of an assessment result is relief, validation, and um, an acceptance of myself because now I know what my brain is called and now I know that it's not just me and I'm not broken, that it's actually a thing and there's all of these cool books and podcasts and techniques and strategies that people who have come before me have worked out work really well with my brain yay and now I can help my brain kind of catch up to where everyone else is um with whatever the you know symptom is so yeah I hope that helps if you're a parent or a professional who works with children and you want my help in improving things with the kiddos in your life or if you're simply a human being feeling kind of stuck and maybe kind of overwhelmed my online programs have lots of resources transformative content one-on-one coaching group coaching and a supportive community If you want to learn more, just go to HeidiRogers.com. All right, friends, thank you as always for tuning in today. Our time is our most precious asset, so I truly appreciate you sharing your time with me. I'll see you right back here for the next episode of Tell the Others.